Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today, and we welcome you in the name of the Lord. We welcome our guests, especially today. You are very important to us, and we're glad that you are here and hope that God will bless you in a very special way today. Um, today is a special day, and, and you, you look like you are mighty refreshed and uh, uh, well rested today for some reason is uh, there some reason for that uh, I, I think maybe we got an, an extra hour of sleep last night uh, since uh, we uh, ended our fix my collar here huh okay see thank you uh, we got an extra hour of sleep last night and and you know I heard this weekend or, or this this earlier this week that on this day, the number of heart attacks go down significantly on the day that we get an extra hour of sleep. Amen. And conversely, on the day in the spring when we lose an hour of sleep, the number of heart attacks go up. So that just tells you something about the importance of getting some good rest. So we're glad that you're here today and you look rested and uh, everybody's ready to worship the Lord and we welcome you. Uh, I hope that you will... Um, Fill out our attendance sheets. Uh, that's the attendance sheet on each row um, uh, on the clipboard there. I hope that you will take that and fill it out. Take, put your name and address and email address on there so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. We would certainly appreciate that. And also, I hope you will take note of the announcements in your worship folder uh, about the meetings and activities that we have going on in the next uh, week or so. Uh, one other thing I'd like to call to your attention, or actually two other things I'd like to call to your attention. You will notice in your worship folder that there is a deacon nomination form, and we will be using those after the worship service to make nominations for deacons. These are not, this is not an election form. These are for nominations only. Uh, we're doing things a little bit different this year, and so we would, um, we would like to ask you, if you would, to, uh, to take those and make nominations for people that you would uh, like to see be, be deacons here at Community Baptist Church. And one other thing today is another special day. Shirley Hagen is back with us uh, after being away for a long time, recovering from ankle surgery, and today is her birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Shirley. All right. Let's, uh, let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord.
pray. Lord, we thank you for this day and we thank you for the fact that we can pray and we can speak to you. Lord, you know our hearts, but before we even say a word, Lord, you know our needs and our concerns and we ask you to bless those and guide us and as a church, use us, Lord, in whatever way you will. Help us to do your will. We thank you for the blessings that you give us each day. Let us always be grateful for each and everything that you give us. And we thank you for our health, for this beautiful day, and for each member of this church, Lord. Just guide us and direct us in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be seated.
Boys and girls, come on down. Gosh, you guys look so nice today. Did y'all have a good time trick-or-treating? Got a lot of candy? Well, I've got candy for you today, but it's back there in the basket, and ask your parents if you can have it when you get ready to leave church. They probably think you've had enough by now, but a little more wouldn't hurt, would it? Well, today we're going to talk about going to a wonderful place. How many of you have ever been to a wonderful place? Yeah? Like, where's some of the places you've been that were wonderful? Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. Where have you been? Okay. Alabama. Anybody been to Disney World? Whoa, boy, some wonderful places. Well, you know, Mr. Jim and I like to travel, and we like to go to wonderful places. And one thing that we always do when we're going to go to a wonderful place, if it's far away, is that we get a suitcase out. How many of you all have done that, packed a suitcase to go somewhere? Okay, and then the first thing we have to do is that we have to decide where it is we're going. So we have this big atlas, it's full of maps, and we can look through it and talk about all the different choices we have and make a decision. Okay, then, since we aren't very good at following the map, you know, I'm the navigator, and I always get fussed at because I can't read it. We purchased one of these. Do you guys know what this is? Anybody in here know what this No, it's a what? It's a GPS, and we named our GPS Lucille because we were in a place we didn't know. We got lost, and Lucille didn't know where to tell us either. She just quit talking to us, and there's an old song that you all probably don't know, but I started singing, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. <laughs> so we have Lucille to help us find our way. And we have, with our maps and our Lucille, we have gone to some really wonderful places. Well, you know, today, Brother Tim is gonna talk about a wonderful place called heaven. And that's a journey we're all on, and that's a place we all hope someday to go. And just like planning our trip to a wonderful place, we have to plan this trip to heaven. And the first thing we have to do is we have to ask Jesus to come into our heart. So we have to accept Jesus. Okay, we have an atlas that God has given us. This is our road map to heaven. What is this? Bible. The Bible. And it will answer all the questions we have. Let's see how it's where you plug it in. And it answers all the questions we might have about what God wants us to do, what we should and should not do. And so this is our guide. Besides that, God has given us some really good directions. We're supposed to do what? Who can read this? love one another oh and listen when you went on this trip to these wonderful places did you not tell everybody about it and see that's what Jesus what we're supposed to do we're supposed to let others know about Jesus so that means every day at school wherever you are 
You're supposed to tell people about Jesus. And then what else helps us find our way to that wonderful place, heaven? Church. Church, yes. We have to, yeah, that's where we are right now. So we're all working on it, aren't we? And um, so, so that's another thing. And then what is this? Yes, we are supposed to be more Christ-like. And you know, when you study Jesus, he did lots of wonderful, good things for people. So when we're trying to be like him, that's what we have to do. So I want you to think about, as Brother Tim talks today, about the wonderful place of heaven, about what all we need to do. It doesn't just happen. We have to make some choices, and then we have to follow directions, and then someday we will be in that wonderful place. You've been really good this morning, so don't forget when you leave today, there's a big basket of candy back there, and you can help yourself to it, okay? Thank you. scripture reading for today comes from the book of Revelation, from John's Revelation, <coughs> chapter 7, beginning with verse 9 and reading through verse 17. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four creatures, four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might 
be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal, or the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the, lamb, in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to the springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of God for you and for me.
you, Father. Help us be thankful for all that you've given us. Uh, health and family, things that we have, this wonderful weather, companionship of our loved ones and friends here at the church. Help us understand that we can give back to you not only our money, but our time, our caring for others, and our love. Bless all that we give and put it into your use. In your name we pray, amen. I began, uh, I believe it was last week, I began my sermon with a joke about hell. And so in the interest of equal time, uh, this week I'd like to start off with a joke about heaven. I mean, being politically correct and everything. I, I think it was uh, Virginia Marcy that sent me this uh, 
uh, uh, by email a few weeks ago, and I think it's very appropriate for our topic for today. It was about a Sunday school teacher who was testing her children to see if they understood the concept of getting into heaven. And so she asked them, if I sold my house and my car and had a big garage sale and gave all my money to the church, would that get me into heaven? And all the children said, no. If I cleaned the church every day and mowed the lawn and kept everything neat and tidy, would that get me into heaven? And again, the answer was, no. Well, by now, she said, I was starting to smile. And Well, then, if I, if I was kind to animals, she said, and gave candy to all the children and loved my husband, would that get me into heaven? And again, they all answered, no. I was just bursting with pride for them. Well, I continued, then how do I get into heaven? And a five-year-old boy shouted out and said, you got to be dead. <laughs> well, I guess he has a point. A three-year-old girl came to her grandparents' house one day, and she looked around the room and asked, where's Grandpa? And her grandmother gently answered, sweetheart, grandpa's in heaven. And the little girl looked at her grandmother and innocently asked, still? <laughs> Several years ago, the Tulsa World printed an article in which readers described what they thought heaven would be like. And here are some of the answers to that question. A five-year-old girl named Molly said, I think heaven has houses that are made out of candy. I guess that would be heaven for a five-year-old, wouldn't it? On the other hand, a 21-year-old named Nicole wrote, Heaven is a place where you can watch TV and never catch a glare. Your wildest dreams come true and everyone is supportive of them. You never have to worry about visiting your mom in an old folks home because she's just as bright and agile as she was at, at 25. Well, that sounds pretty appealing too, doesn't it? Forever as bright and agile as you are at 25. A 78-year-old named Don had this view. He said, in heaven... We will do activities beyond our comprehension. 90-year-olds will turn cartwheels with 10-year-olds. I like that. And Alzi Worthens, age 85, was a little less ambitious here. She said, I would prefer heaven to hell because I've heard that the devil serves cold coffee, and I hate cold coffee. <laughs> That's pretty good. I guess all of us wonder a bit about what heaven will be like from time to time. And the, the fact is that we really don't know what, what it will be like in detail. The biblical language about heaven is filled with all kinds of symbolism. And thus we have this tongue-in-cheek graphic on the front of our worship folder today. No photo available. We don't know exactly what heaven will be like. But I can tell you this from our biblical accounts, that heaven is a wonderful place. Did you ever sing that fun little chorus when you were a child called heaven is a wonderful place? 
Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. I want to go there. (laughs) Well, our scripture passage for today tries to give us a picture of heaven. Not a literal picture, of course, nothing like a photo or a painting or anything like that, but a symbolic picture, and yet still it is one of the most beautiful scenes in all of the scriptures. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, every tribe, every people and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and all the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom And thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And then one of the elders asked me, these in the white robes, who are they and where did they come from? And I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are, they are before the throne of God and serve God day and night in God's temple. And the one who sits on the throne will spread his tents over them and protect them. Never again will they be hungry. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down upon them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will lead them from springs of li- to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. What a magnificent vision that is. And who cannot be moved by that, that final assertion? God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. My friends, suffering is not the final word about life here on earth. And that's what our lesson is saying to us today. Never again will they hunger or thirst. The sun will not beat down upon them, nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Folks, let me tell you something. If you're going through a hard time in your life right now, or maybe you have, maybe you yourself, or maybe somebody that you love or, or, or is in pain and, and suffering in some way today, Here's a message for you this morning. Don't give up. Because God has not forsaken you. God, and God tells us in this passage of Scripture that pain and suffering are not God's ultimate will for our lives. And they will not be the final word. You know, from time to time, actually time after time, we ask that question, why do good people have to suffer? We see people who suffer some, sometimes, and we just look at them and say, they don't deserve this. 
And we ask that question, why do good people have to suffer? And to be quite honest with you, the scriptures are largely silent on that subject. Even the book of Job, that great drama on the meaning of suffering, provides no real answer to that question except to say, trust God. And that is encouraging to be sure. We do trust God, but still many people, many good people suffer. But in this passage from Revelation, the angel tells John that those dressed in white are those who have come out of the tribulation. They have come out of the great tribulation. And that word tribulation literally means a grinding. It comes, it's derived from the Latin word tribulum. And a tribulum is a, it's a threshing sledge Still used in many third world countries today, it's a large wooden sled. It weighs a couple of hundred pounds and it's covered with flint stones and, and metal thing, pieces of metal on the bottom. And it's hitched to an ox or a horse and pulled over the wheat fields in order to separate the wheat from the shaft. That's a tribulum. And that's what the word tribulation comes from. But let me ask you something, folks. Have you ever felt like that? You ever felt like you've been run over by a tribulum? Like the weight of the world is just grinding you down and digging into your very soul? Well, if you have, then you know a little bit about what tribulation is like. It is a grinding, persistent, heavy weight. And this is a vivid picture of the kind of life that, that Christians lived during the time that, that John wrote this book of Revelation. But the angel in Revelation is giving us a word of hope for all of us who are striving to be faithful to God, but who are still being ground, into the, ground down by life. And that message that he is giving to us is, don't give up. Don't give up. God is with us. And the day will come when all of that which has been painful in our lives will be changed into that which will be perfect. And in that, we can all be hopeful. On the church calendar today is All Saints Sunday. <clears throat> Yesterday was All Saints Day, and today is All Saints Sunday. And it is the day when we celebrate the lives of those saints who have gone on before us. I've had the privilege of attending a, a couple of memorable funeral services this past week. On, on Friday, we laid to rest Jesse Fleming, uh, Jesse Stone's father, a great saint in the Lord. And last week, Terry Womack's mother, Mary Jo Womack, uh, went on to be with God. And from the good words that I heard spoken over them at these funeral services, I can tell you that they were both truly saints of God. Now, for those of you who know Terry Womack, this will come as no surprise to you, but he's written a song. <laughs> it's a song in tribute to his mother. It's called Remember Me. And I've asked him if he would come and share that song with us this morning. So, Terry, would you come and share with us uh, about your sainted mother on this All Saints Sunday?
What's the hardest thing you've ever done in your life? <laughs> I usually talk a whole lot before I do these things because there's always a reason. This song actually started as a bunch of pretty words. I truly didn't know what they meant till it comes screaming back at me. Uh, the day after she died, I had a chance to write the last verse. <laughs> And, uh, well, you talk about heaven. I don't know if any of you knew my mom, but, uh, well, my vision was of her sitting up there, God sitting down beside her saying, Hi, Mary Jo. I've been getting a lot more calls here lately. So-and-so said to say hi. So, just kind of, <laughs> thank you, Mary. <laughs> Done my part with a willing hand, never left a mark on the land, never asked for more than my need. Will the friends I leave be sad too long? Hear God's voice in my song The message that they hear I hope they'll hear If they remember me Saw you down, did I help you up? Did I share my cup? Did I at least smile at the jokes you told? I make your life a better place No, it won't get dark without my face Just close your eyes, you'll see me in your soul Remember me so Quiet soldier with the role to play A shoulder where a burden could lay Kind word if it were asked of me If I were given an extra day You know I'd probably live it the same old way Heaven, there are folks I long to see. I wonder, will they remember me? I stand beside you in that land. Lord, will you offer me your hand? Will you kiss my cheek and tell me all is well? Talk about the things I've done. Oh, you know, Lord, I know you are the one. My strength was yours. That's a story I left to tell. 
If my memory makes you cry, please wipe the tear from your eye. I'm not lost, you know where I'll be. Then a prayer you mention my name, God'll smile and tell me you came this time to Him instead of me. And that you remember me Thank you all. Thank you, Terry. I know that was not easy for you to do, but what a wonderful way to remember a saint of the Lord on All Saints Day. I don't know how many funerals I have attended in my life, uh, quite a few to be sure, but those that are most memorable are those which acknowledge the pain of losing a loved one, but also at the same time, and especially, which celebrate the life of that loved one and the life that they, have, they now have with God. I did a fun funeral a couple of years ago for a dear friend of mine who was one of the funniest, most joyful women that I've ever met. Her name was Frances Hendricks. A saint of God. Frances was well into her 80s when she died a couple of years ago. She had lost most of her hearing, which meant for some very humorous and sometimes embarrassing moments. <laughs> she was constantly misunderstanding something that you said, which, which meant that conversations that you had with her tended to take a right turn. <laughs> you'd, be, uh, you'd be talking about this subject, and all of a sudden she just changes it in midstream because she misunderstood something that you said. And, um, and because she was so hard of hearing, she would sometimes talk louder than she realized she was talking, which was okay except for when she was talking about that tacky dress that the woman at the next table was wearing. Frances was, was a great source of humor for me, and she was constantly sending me emails of um, funny things, and, and, I, and I shared some of those stories at her funeral, and we, we often spoke about her funeral service before she died, and she always said, I don't want anything sad or somber. And that was true to her. I don't want anything sad or somber. And I would always tease her that her funeral service would be like a stand-up comedy routine. And it was. That's exactly what I did for her funeral service. 
Most of her funeral consisted of me telling jokes that she had told me and remembering some of the funny things that she had, she had done. You know, there's something beautiful about that. For you see, Francis did not allow the tribulations that came with age or ill health to grind her down. She didn't always feel very well. She couldn't always interact appropriately because of her loss of hearing, but she kept the faith. And she kept her sense of humor. And she was victorious in her life. And the point that I'm trying to make here is that suffering is not the last word about our life here on earth. It's not. And that's the first thing that this scripture tells us about heaven. And the second thing is very important as well. And that is that God's purpose is that one day all of us, all of us are going to be joined together in one joyous fellowship. You know, there's so much that we don't know about what life will be like in heaven, in the presence of God. What will our new bodies be like? We don't know. Will we be able to turn cartwheels like one gentleman imagined? We don't know. All we do know is this. We will be joined together in one radiant, joyful family around the throne of God. And that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's like a picture that Tim King and Frank Martin paint in their book titled Furious Pursuit. They, they compared it to an extreme makeover program that was on television several years ago. A couple was engaged to be married and they were both rather plain looking folks. They were a bit overweight with drooping chins and crooked teeth and flabby waist. And, but they loved each other and they made a really sweet couple. And you can imagine their reaction when they were chosen for a, a complete personal makeover as a prelude to their wedding. A team of makeover specialists dedicated several months ironing out this couple's physical issues. Surgeons straightened their noses and their teeth and realigning their jaws and, and uh, moved around the fat on their bodies so that it'd be more in more appropriate places. And folks, this was no picnic. They were, they were put through a rigorous program here and several times throughout the process, they broke down and they cried, pleading for them to, to stop this reconstruction. And even worse, they had to remain apart for the, for the whole time. They wouldn't be allowed to see each other again until she was walking down the aisle on her wedding day. Well, eventually it all came together just in time for the show's grand finale, their wedding day. Listen as the authors of Furious Pursuit describe this scene. The veiled bride got the first glimpse as she walked down the aisle towards her new nervous groom. He was handsome and rugged looking with a strong jaw-lined and chiseled physique. He was nothing like the sweet, ugly duckling who had won her heart. She reached underneath her veil to wipe a tear away. 
Then as she stood facing her handsome prince, you could see his hands tremble as he slowly lifted the veil to reveal his bride. Her skin was soft and tan, her teeth were perfect and white, her figure was now thin and shapely. His once plain and insecure maiden had been transformed into a stunningly beautiful princess. The two stood face to face in complete wonder and excitement at the sight of each other. Tears streamed down both of their cheeks as they gazed into each other's eyes. Here were two people who had lived their entire lives feeling inadequate. Their doubts and insecurities ran deep, but today they were special, desirable, perfect, perfect. I know that this may sound superficial with so much emphasis on their physical appearance, but let's lay that aside for a moment. The Bible tells us that there will come a day when all of our physical imperfections will be laid aside and we will receive a brand new spiritual body. And I don't know what that means exactly, but I do know how much God loves us. And I trust God that the body that awaits us will be exactly the kind of body that we need. And here's the best news that we have that we receive from this portrait of heaven. And that is that there will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. Nothing ugly or disfiguring. We will be with the ones that we love and we will be with the only one who can love us perfectly. And that is our Lord and our God. I don't know what heaven's going to be like exactly. It may be made out of candy. We may be able to do cartwheels. I don't know. But this I do know. We will be dressed in clothes that are dazzling white, pure and undefiled and eternal. The lamb will be there. We will be together as God wants us to be even now. Red and yellow, black and white, from every tribe and nation, people and language, rich and poor, and everything in between. And God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. What a day. What a wonderful, heavenly day that will be. Are you ready for that day to come? Well, ready or not, the day will come for all of us. And for those of us who follow the Lord, it will indeed be a glorious, glorious day to celebrate. And so today, on All Saints Sunday, we celebrate the saints that have gone on before us. And we also look ahead with great anticipation to the time when we will join them side by side before the Lamb of God. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of commitment in just a moment. It's soon and very soon. Uh, Old Spiritual by Andre Crouch. And we're going to sing all three verses of this. And, uh, and it's about coming before our Lord and about how things will change when we come before our Lord, when we meet God in heaven, how things are going to be better. And soon and very soon, we will, we will meet our God. 
There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Christ today before you meet your God. Maybe you need to make that commitment to God and accept Christ as your Savior so that you can be in right standing when you come before the Lord and He will look upon you and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Join the other saints who are here to serve in this place. That's what God wants of each of us. Not only because of the afterlife, but also because of the life that we live right here and now. Because there's nothing like having that relationship with God right here and right now. And if you've never made that commitment to Christ, I hope you'll do it today. Maybe you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to unite with our church as we seek to be the people of God in this place. God is dealing in your heart today. We invite you to come forward as we sing soon and very soon all three verses. Would you come? bow for our benediction but afterwards if you would remain those of you who are members of the church would remain for a few moments so we can have our deacon nomination uh, we would certainly appreciate that and we'll have some deacons that will help us out in just a moment let's bow for our benediction as we go from this place where we have united to worship let us go knowing that the lamb of god goes with us let us know let us go knowing that all of heaven is on our side to urge us onward and, and to lift us heavenward. Let us go in the grand knowledge that this life does not have the final word, especially the sufferings that we, that we endure here. But our hope is in the one who sits upon the throne and leads us upward. Let us face the trials of this life knowing that one day all of the difficulties we face will be turned into perfection. And may God wipe away every tear from your eye 
and give you peace. Amen. You have in your worship folder a uh, nomination list. And uh, if anybody needs pencils, if our, some of our deacons can come and What we would like for you to do is to uh, take this list, and this is, these are nominations, these are not, uh, this is not election time, we are doing things a little bit differently this year, um, and uh, we are nominating folks for the position of deacon, and the, we will be presenting a slate of deacons uh, a little later on, and so these are just nominations, and we would like for you to uh, circle uh, up to seven people, uh, those are the, that's the number of people that we will, will be needing to replace um, uh, beginning in January. So you can circle up to seven people uh, on, your, on your list there, and as you finish, you can pass that down the, to the end of the row, and someone will pick that up in just a moment. Sheets. Pencil box. Um, Cindy has it. Where'd she go? Yes, so. I guess we're doing all sorts of elections this week, aren't we?
I know it's kind of odd. Um, we're all sitting here wondering, what do I do now? <laughs> uh, so, some are still working on your, on your sheets, and that's fine. Uh, but for those of you who are done, go home. <laughs> Thank you.